Welcome back to my watery grave, where we examine the truly horrific and mysterious stories from across the globe at the fine midnight hour. When I left Mexico, I had heard of strange incidents coming out of Turkey that seemed worthy of investigation. I was on my way across the Atlantic to the Mediterranean, but before finishing my journey, I stopped in the port city of Bordeaux, France. It's a fine city, and like most of France, it's known for its wine and architecture. I will say, the wine is very appreciated tonight. It numbs the pain decently. My last endeavor allowed me to leave unscathed, but my visit to Bordeaux was a different story. Burns cover my arms, and there are puncture holes through my shoulders. Those will heal with time, but the gash in my chest will require some extra attention. But I could have ended up much worse. The creatures I deal with lurk high above the city perched on rooftops. People all around the world see them every day, but don't pay them any mind. Usually, they won't be overly hostile. But, every now and then, some will stray from the pack and go hunting on their own. Anyway, let's examine the architecture a little more. I docked in Bordeaux's harbor named after the moon, and thought it was rather fitting considering it was one in the morning, and the water glistened a soft white from the satellite. I disembarked into the still-lit city, walking down narrow streets, surrounded by pale stone buildings. The majority had wrought iron bars over the windows. This city is known for its beautiful 19th century architecture, and I can see why. It looks like every building is its own unique entity slowly eroding away with time. I stopped and placed my hand on a building. I felt the coarse texture and grooves move throughout the stone. Before I could realize how weird I must look feeling a building, a few large drops of water fell on my shoulders and hand. I thought it was quite strange as it wasn't raining, and they felt much larger than most raindrops anyway. I looked up and saw it staring down at me. A large stone beast with gnarly fangs and bat wings that concealed its body. A long tongue snaked out of its mouth and dropped another large droplet on my chest. Realizing I might be in a bad situation, I leapt to the side out of the way from what I expected to be certain death. And once again though, I found myself acting quite strange on that deserted street. The gargoyle didn't move. It didn't even flinch, it just sat there. I stood up and stared for a long time at the statue. It never moved from that spot. I figured it was best to get back to the boat. Maybe I had drunk too much or something, and so I just slowly backed away and went to the harbor. Just because it wasn't in my sights anymore, didn't mean it was out of my head. It was all I thought about on my way back to my ship.
gargoyles have been used in many civilizations to help divert water from the sides of buildings by jutting out and channeling water to fall off of them, slowing the building's erosion. And they don't always have to look like demons. They can take the form of anything, as long as they serve that purpose. That being said, something wasn't right about that gargoyle. It was the only one on that building, and there was still noticeable erosion on the stone. I would know I felt it. I was under the impression that I was just here for some supplies, but before I boarded the lantern, I decided to stay another night. I thought to myself, it couldn't really hurt checking out the gargoyles a little bit more. But looking back at it now, I was very wrong about that. Waking around midday, I got ready for a long day of sightseeing. First place of which was the building I felt up earlier in the morning. I made my way through the now much busier and lively streets. People walked past me going about their normal day. They sat on benches and chairs enjoying the mild weather and conversating with friends. It was honestly a little strange being in a place without overt struggle. I could get used to this piece, but I should realize that looks can be deceiving. Walking down the same alley, I found one thing out of place. There was a distinct lack of creature looming on the rooftop. I guess I was right in my assumptions. That was one victory, but it was a short one battle, because it was still out there and I needed to find it before it claimed another victim. I found a self-guided tour of the city's gargoyles, and began to visit these beautiful landmarks. First up was the Bordeaux Cathedral. Now, I'll be straightforward when I say, I'm not a fan of churches. There's something about them that put me on edge. Maybe I'm nervous that I'll find some paranormal entity in one that wouldn't approve of me. I wouldn't necessarily blame it for feeling that way, but after all I've seen around the world, I don't know if I approve it either. I figured if I didn't go inside though, I'd be fine. So I walked up to the historic site. Two massive spires immediately catch my eye. The attention to detail the builders carved into the rock is something to behold. Hundreds of intricate folds and spikes cover the north face of the church. The windows were stained, depicting several religious figures looking holy and innocent. But higher above, jutting out of the building, were where my interests lie. These gargoyles were certainly different from the ones I encountered last night. These were thin, and they sat perpendicular to the building. It was obvious that these were legit. They had the gnashing teeth and claws, but they were harmless. Scanning the top of the building, I walked across the whole cathedral looking for any signs of late night predator, but sadly didn't find anything. On to the next building, or maybe buildings would be more accurate. Las de la Borse is a plaza with a group of buildings as the main focal point. 
It is all designed together and built throughout the 1700s, and truly is a marvel of French architecture. It is now mainly used as an event space, but its roots stem from the monarchy before our time. The fountain used to display King Louis XV on a horse, but as all statues that represent horrible oppressive people should be, it was taken down and destroyed during the French Revolution. The real eye-catcher, though, is the reflective pool, mirroring the landscape, doubling its beauty. The gargoyles in this plaza, though, were also a dead end. They didn't consist of a mashup of animals creating a horrific-looking beast. They were mainly faces of men and women with some form of wreath-like design around their head, their mouths wide open to allow water to flow out. I left the plaza as the sun began to set. I was off to Plastic Hancons, the largest city square in Europe, spanning 30 acres. Luckily, it was only a stone's throw up the river from the plaza. The first and only thing I was interested in in this city square were the two smaller columns right up next to the river. I spotted a difference between the pillars and instantly got that uneasy feeling. There seemed to be something else looming directly underneath one of the statues that topped the pillars. I think I found my target. I walked to the base and waited, looking up at it. I wasn't going to leave this time. Hours ticked by, slowly, and neither I nor the beast moved. It was getting more difficult to see it as the town now once again cloaked in the darkness of night. I suspected it knew I was watching it, but I couldn't be for sure it remembered who I was, or if it was even the same one for that matter. It didn't really matter speculating about it, because soon after 10pm, it shifted slightly. Realizing what I just saw, I started to pace slightly, still with my eyes fixed on the target. I had been standing relatively still for a few hours now, and I knew if I had to chase or evade it, it'd be helpful not to be so stiff. It seemed to attract its attention, however. Its head slowly followed me back and forth as I moved. Noticing no one around me, I called up to it asking what it was waiting for. That would be one of many mistakes I've made in my life. Right after I finished that question, I heard loud cracking and crumbling. Small pebbles and sand fell off the pillar as the gargoyle dove from on top, directly onto me. I jumped out of the way, but it didn't help as much as I would have liked. The monster landed heavily on the ground, and I watched as huge bat wings broke off its back, extending to their full length. Its hands grabbed me by my shoulders, and the claws dug deep to secure me. It was horrifically painful, but before I could even fight back, the wings swept us into the air with a few powerful flaps. When I looked down, I saw I was now six stories up, looking at buildings I passed earlier, but from a now much different perspective. 
I thought it was also a little ironic. I was now safer in the claws of the captor than if he let me go. If it wasn't for the excruciating pain and blood soaking my shirt, it would have been a nice view. Eventually we stopped moving, and it dropped me onto a building's roof from about ten feet in the air. I wasn't expecting it, so I didn't land as gracefully as I could have, but at least I was back on my feet and could try to fight it off. It landed in front of me and tried to swipe at me, but I was fast enough to evade this time. I started to run because I knew I wasn't safe. I needed to get some distance between me and this monster. I could hear it on my tail, though. Just before it could reach me, I cut to the left, and luckily for me it can't corner that well. I wasn't fast or strong enough to defeat this on my own, especially without any real tools to help so I had to bide my time and improvise. I wasn't going to be able to run around the roof all night, and so I had to get down somehow. The gargoyle didn't really give me enough time to examine the edges to see if there was a ladder, so after I circled the roof a couple of times, I found the only buildings that were shorter were across an alley. I guess I had no choice though. Sprinting as hard as I could, I jumped from the building and made it across the narrow alley, landing a couple stories down. It wasn't a pleasant feeling hitting the roof, but it was much more favorable than being eaten by a stone beast. When I looked down, I was surprised to see the gargoyle hadn't followed me, but instead was staring down at me from the edge of the other roof. Gazing down for a second, I saw the building it was on had those wrought iron bars in front of the windows. I could tell it knew what my plan was, so there wasn't any time to wait. I once again ran and jumped across the alley, grabbing onto the bars and holding myself up a couple of stories above the ground. It wasn't easy as the holes in my shoulders and the pain from them made it considerably less than optimal, but I could still manage. I looked up, and it was still there, just staring. I was very confused, thinking I've made myself a pretty easy target just hanging here, but it didn't take advantage of it. I yelled at it, asking what it was waiting for. Before I could even finish, though, it opened up its mouth, revealing its fangs, and also a much less welcome surprise of fire. I watched as it traveled down towards me. The heat was intense as I felt it touch by the skin on my hands. I let out a grunt of pain and let go, dropping down once again landing very hard. I really need to stop asking questions, I thought, as I stumbled to my feet. Started limping off down the alley, hopefully somewhere to have a bit of reprieve and find some sort of weapon. I did not get either of those things. I hobbled my way down the deserted alley and streets, looking for anything to help. All the while it was chasing me, leaping from rooftop to rooftop, slowly getting closer. I started to recognize the streets I was turning onto. It was only a couple blocks from the river where I was docked. I figured it couldn't really hurt, and these streets weren't proving very fruitful anyway. Before I could reach the waterside, however, I heard it land only a few meters behind me. 
It was on my level and I could hear it approaching rapidly. I didn't turn, I just kept limping forward towards my goal. I was about a meter away from the guardrail when I felt it tackle me. We rolled together through the railing, snapping the metal bars and cables, falling down towards the river. It was an unsuspected surprise landing on a secondary platform just above the water. The gargoyle was on top of me, and I could see it bleeding as the wire must have cut through some of its stony, scaly flesh. Quickly looking to the left, I saw a bit of middle bar had fallen also. I grabbed it and shoved it up into its chest. It let out a snarl, and while it was distracted, I crawled out from underneath it. There weren't any stairs or a ladder from the platform we were on, but some cable were hanging down from above, and so that's where I was going. Jumping and grabbing onto it, I started to scale the wall. It didn't take long for the gargoyle to recover, though, and it was starting to hunt. I reached the top of the ledge and was pulling myself up when it landed in front of me. It lashed out at me, and before I was able to dodge it, the claw caught me in the chest and tore deep. Luckily for me, not deep enough, I guess. I attempted to crawl away but was lifted up to my feet and so I could look into its bloodthirsty eyes one last time before it began to feast. I knew this was my last chance and try to survive. Still holding the cable in one hand, I waited for it to lurch its head forward to take a bite. Right before it could, I jumped back off the ledge. It was going to follow me down, and I was hopeful I would be fast enough. As we fell, I wrapped the cable around its neck and tied a knot, just in the nick of time. The sound of the slack snapping taunt rang out in my ear. I landed in the water, narrowly missing the secondary platform. Moments after I hit the water, I heard the sounds of boards breaking in another splash. I surfaced to find a hole in the deck and a decapitated gargoyle head hanging above, with its still, ruthless expression. I took what little strength I had to pull myself up onto what was left of the platform, and it took me a while of just breathing before I could manage to stand up. One last time, pulling myself up onto the ledge using the cable, I also dragged the statue's head up as well. I pulled it out of the cable and walked to my ship. I boarded and disembarked. I had my supplies, and besides, I had experienced enough of this city. I walked around it, flown above it, and tasted the river that ran through it. I was needed elsewhere anyway. I sailed up the river back out to the Atlantic where I am now, heading south towards the Strait of Gibraltar. I'm a few bottles deep, and staring at the head of the gargoyle sitting on the table. Wait, you know what, give me a second. Sorry about that. 
I don't know whether it was the rain cooling down the burns on my arms, or seeing that stupid fucking head get launched into the sea, but I'm feeling much better. But with that, I'm signing off for the night. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Stay vigilant. There are dark forces among us.